I believe that. It's our time. I really believe that, that we're in a moment in history that our world grows darker as war that has been unthinkable two years ago destroys lives. Probably well over 100,000 lives or more, depending on who's doing the counting. A, a war that continues to shake uh, the economies and supply chains of the world. A war that could get so much more worse with no end in sight. A war that is getting darker. We're in a moment of incredible moral confusion, where moral confusion leads to more and more lives spiraling into depression and darkness. We're in a moment of unprecedented challenge when it comes to the mental health of the average Canadian. Happiness has become so elusive as more darkness moves in. And then there's the violence attached to mental illness. Who would have ever imagined in a Canadian city that a father who asked someone not to vape near their child would end up dead? Add to that the death this week, a Calgary teen and a shooting where the motive is unknown and the shooter is still at large. And we're in an interesting moment when it comes to the church. As we came out of the pandemic, the intellectual pundits crunched their numbers and they saw the imminent collapse of the church in the West. But quietly, the Holy Spirit has been at work. Churches all over North America are starting to grow again, even here in Fort McMurray. God is calling people back to church who dropped out, while others with no church background are just walking into church and finding Jesus. That's happening here at Fort City. It's happening in churches all across our city, and it's happening all over North America. Friends, in the middle of all the darkness, our God turns up and shines light. He shines light through his people. He shines light through his church. The church is very much alive and well and moving forward. And in little pockets all over the world, God's kingdom is coming to earth just as it is in heaven. And this is what Jesus promised. He said, I, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus will build his church. Jesus is on the move. He is the same today, yesterday, and forever. He's advancing the kingdom on earth. There are pockets of heaven all over the earth, and this will continue and grow until Jesus comes back. And friends, Jesus is coming back. And he will make all that is wrong right. But even right now, he wants to use you and me to make things that are wrong right, to help lives that are lost, bound up by mess and sin made right. Friends, this is our mission. But then consider this. When Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, in that same talk, that same message he gave, he said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Jesus is going to build his church, but he's going to build it with committed followers who are willing to deny themselves. He's going to build it with believers who are willing to forgo some of the pleasures of life, who are willing to put God first in their lives. And these disciples, they're the ones who will experience the incredible blessing of being part of what God is doing in our world. And friends, it is our time. It's our time. Today we wrap up our Thrive Generosity series. On the start of Holy Week, on the Sunday of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem that ended with Jesus taking up his cross and dying for us, we're asking you to deny yourself, 
Take Up Your Cross by making a financial commitment to our Thrive Committee, Thrive Campaign. Fort City, it is our time. God is calling us to be a part of what he's doing in this city, across this country, and around the world. God is calling us to be light that pushes against the darkness that so many in our city are personally experiencing, darkness that is wrapping itself all around our world and destroying lives. And hey, if you've been around Fort City for any length of time, you know that we, we, want to be, we just want to do church in a way that is sensitive to and inclusive of the people in our city who just don't normally go to church. And if you grew up in church, we want to do church just a little bit differently than the churches we grew up in. Hey, we're not better than any other church, not at all. We, we just know that we're called to do church a little differently. Rick Warren said it takes all kinds of churches to reach all kinds of people. We're thankful for all the kinds of churches in our city. But we at Fort City have a clear sense of our unique calling as a church. To help us understand our particular calling, I, I want to look at a story from when the, first, when the church first started. It's found in Acts chapter 10. You can follow on the screen or you can follow with your Bible on the phone or maybe you have a printed one with you. Acts 10. In Caesarea, there lived a Roman army officer named Cornelius, who was a captain of the Italian regiment. He was a devout, God-fearing man, as, everyone, as was everyone in his household. You have friends. Yes, you have friends who are just like Cornelius. They're open to God, or at least open to spirituality. Uh, since the pandemic, 50% of those surveyed in North America has, say they are more open to God now, uh, they're more open to church now than they were before the pandemic. That's close to 50%. We have a new opportunity, a new openness as people see a broken world and are seeking to find wholeness, stability, life to the full as they're seeking answers about the mess we're in. Canadians might be very quiet and private about their faith and spirituality, but they are open. And they need you to be a friend to them and build that bridge to the God they're open to. And Fort City wants to work with you and be that church that you know you can invite a friend to, a, a church that you can trust and bring someone who's not church to. Back to Acts 10. He, we're talking Cornelius, gave generously to the poor and, and prayed regularly to God. You do have unchurched friends who pray. You also have friends who are church dropouts who pray, and they support some really good causes. They care. They're good people. And there are a lot of really good people in Fort McMurray who, like Cornelius, they just need Jesus, and they're open. One afternoon, about 3 o'clock, Cornelius had a vision in which he saw an angel of God coming towards him. Cornelius, the angel said, and Cornelius stared at him in terror. I mean, he didn't know what was going on. This was totally freaky, right? What is it, sir, he asked the angel. And the angel replied, your prayers and gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. Hey, God listens to the prayers of anyone who is spiritually open. And your prayers and your gifts, God receives them as an offering personally to him. I mean, how cool is that? When you pray, God goes, yes. When you give, God goes, yes. 
And even the unchurched person who doesn't know Jesus yet, God is crazy in love with them, cheers them on when they reach out through prayer and giving. Now send some men to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. He is staying with Simon, a tanner who lives near the seashore. As soon as the angel was gone, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier, one of his personal attendants. He told them what had happened and sent them off to Joppa. The next day, as Cornelius' messengers were nearing the town, Peter went up on, a, on the flat roof to pray. It was about noon and he was hungry. I'm not sure why the writer of the Apostle Luke threw in the hungry comment. It's lunchtime and all, but yeah, it's just kind of human. And we read, but while a meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw the sky open and something like a large sheet was let down by its four corners. In the sheet were all sorts of animals, reptiles and birds. Then the voice said to him, get up, Peter, kill and eat them. For the shock of this to, to make sense to you, you have to understand a little bit of the Old Testament, the, the laws of the Old Testament, the, the book of Leviticus in particular. Here you'll see that you cannot, as a Jewish person, eat any animal that has split hooves and chews the cud. Let me read the law from Leviticus. There are some animals that only chew the cud and only have a divided hoof, but you must not eat them. The camel, though it chews, the cud does not have a divided hoof. It is ceremonially unclean for you. And the pig, though it has a divided hoof, does not chew the cud. It is unclean for you. You must not eat their meal, meat or touch their carcasses. They are unclean for you. So now maybe you'll understand Peter's reaction. He goes, no, Lord, I have never eaten anything that our Jewish laws have declared impure and unclean. But the voice spoke again. Do not call something unclean if God has made it clean. Now, when I grew up in church, so many of the churches I attended made a big deal about who was clean and who was unclean. And we were told to stay away from unclean people or, or they will make you unclean. You know, don't drink, dance, smoke or chew or go around with girls that do. That was the rules back then. Kind of like cooties. Any of you old enough to remember cooties at school? The cool kids would pick on a certain not-so-cool kid, declare that that kid had the cooties, and all of you had to stay away from that kid, or, or you'd get the cooties too. Churches have acted like that, at times, rather cruelly. Churches are not quite so bad today, but they still call some people clean and others unclean, when the fact is... We're all unclean apart from Jesus. We're all unclean. Back to Acts 10. That same vision was repeated three times. That's just saying that Peter's kind of stubborn and it had to take three times to get through his stubborn thick head. Then the sheet was suddenly pulled up to heaven. Peter was very perplexed. What could the vision mean? Um, just then... The men sent by Cornelius found Simon's house. Standing outside the gate, they asked if a man named Simon Peter was, was staying there. Meanwhile, Peter was puzzling over the vision the Holy Spirit said to him. Then the Holy Spirit said to him, Three men have come looking for you. Get up, go downstairs, and go with them without hesitation. Don't worry, for I have sent them. What you need to see here is Peter is a very good, well-brought-up Jewish boy. 
These guys downstairs are Gentiles. They're part of the Roman army. Not only are they Gentiles, non-Jews, but they are soldiers of the enemy. The bad guys, like really unclean. When I was moving to Fort McMurray, I, I had a group of friends who, who told me not to move here because oil sands workers are scary unclean. You heard that, didn't you, back then? You remember the oil cans, some of you? Yeah. So Peter went down and said, I'm the man you are looking for. Why have you come? They said, we were sent by Cornelius, a, a Roman officer. He is a devout and God-fearing man. We today might call him a seeker or an explorer of faith. Well respected by all the Jews. A holy angel instructed him to summon you to his house so that he can hear your message. Because he doesn't know Jesus yet. He's spiritually interested. So Peter invited the men to stay for the night. I'm pretty sure that this would have been the very first time that Peter had ever had Gentiles inside of his home, let alone stay the night. He probably ate with them. Like he's in big trouble with any, if, you know, if any Jewish leaders find out. They would declare him unclean. They would declare that he's living in sin for having uh, these non-Jewish Gentiles into his home. He would be banned from attending worship. This is a big deal. But then it gets worse. I mean, he goes and, and he goes and travels with these guys. The next day, he went with them accompanied by some brothers from Joppa. They arrived in Caesarea the following day. Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. Have you ever seen how some spiritually interested church people do this? You know, sometimes when they're seeking the truth and investigating maybe how to get connected with God, they, they invite their friends and relatives to make, you know, to go on this journey with them. Hey, this might describe some of you here this morning, a spiritually interested person. Glad you're here. Anyway, spiritually interested people who are not yet committed followers of Jesus, surprisingly, they can be amazing evangelists. They're not ashamed to talk to others about the questions they have and tell others about the faith journey they're on. And Heck, a lot of them aren't ashamed to invite people to church with them. Friends, there is so much more potential in this city and, and across this country for, for people who are open to Jesus. Don't let all of the negative press convince you otherwise. Jesus would say the same thing to us that he said to his disciples. I tell you, open your eyes. Look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. And, and that is so true for us right now. By the way, who are you inviting for Easter? Who are you praying for? It's going to be an awesome service with like eight baptisms between the two services. You have friends and family who need to see the stories of people who are saying, I have decided to follow Jesus. Pray and, and let God lead you to some people he's already at work in. Let God lead you to a Cornelius. Back to Acts 10. As Peter entered his home, Cornelius fell at his feet and, and worshipped him. Now, Peter was a godly man, full of the Holy Spirit. My guess is that you could sense God, the presence of God in him. The Spirit was maybe palpable in Peter. 
And Romans back then, they, they believed that there were people who could be half men and half gods. And so Cornelius put Peter in that category. He was wrong, but hey, don't criticize him. There's a lesson here. Unchurched people get it wrong all the time, and that's absolutely okay. Sadly, often when unchurched people get it wrong, some, some Christians just make them feel bad. Let's stop doing that. A, a couple of summers back, a couple of summers back, I was visiting a church that had been a part of my upbringing. Everybody knew when to stand and when to kneel. Everybody knew what to say at the right time. They, they knew all the songs. There were no words provided. If you were not raised in that church, you would feel instantly like an outsider. It would be uncomfortable, awkward. Heck, it was awkward for me, and I knew some of the things that you're supposed to do. And I'm not saying it's a bad church, just that it wasn't really for people who did not grow up in church. There were people there who loved Jesus absolutely. But here's who we want to be at Fort City. We want to be the best shot that an unchurched person has in Fort McMurray at going to church. That's just core to who we are. And we want our kids to be able to navigate life in this crazy world in a way that they stand strong for Jesus while loving all of the unchurched kids they know. We want Kid City and our youth group while building our kids strong in faith to be the best shot that an unchurched kid has at going to church. That's our mission. What we do here on Sundays is carefully designed not only to grow believers in their faith, but we want to create an environment that welcomes unchurched people. You can do both at the same time. We've been doing that for years here, and God has blessed. So what does Peter do? Peter pulled Cornelius up and said, Stand up. I'm a human being just like you. So they talked together, and they went inside while many others were assembled. Peter told them, you know, it is against our laws for a Jewish man to enter a Gentile home like this or to associate with you. But, but God has shown me that I should no longer think of anyone as impure or unclean. We have a mantra at Fort City. Everyone is welcome. Nobody is perfect. Anything can happen. That's what Peter is saying here. It's powerful. Then Peter replied, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. Maybe when you first came to Fort City, you felt a little bit like an outsider. Maybe you've just started to come. I need to tell you, you're invited to come in. You're invited to get involved. You're invited to come to Jesus. Everyone is welcome. Everyone. Peter continues. In every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. This is the message of good news for the people of Israel, that there is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who was Lord of all. That's Lord of all, not just the clean, and not just the clean people of Israel who really weren't that clean, they just thought they were. Jesus is the Lord of everyone. Everyone is welcome. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done, what's in your past. Jesus is crazy in love with you. You are welcome here, and Jesus invites you to come to him. Even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. 
The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too. For they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. Then Peter asked, Can anyone object to their being baptized now that they have received the Holy Spirit just as we did? So he gave orders for them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Afterwards, Cornelius asked them to stay with them for several days. Yeah, who got converted more, Peter or Cornelius? The born-again Peter who had to have a conversion experience where he understood that everyone is welcome. And that led to Cornelius becoming a follower of Jesus and asking Peter to stick around for a few days and, and teach him and his family a little more. Friends, this is so huge. Peter finally got it. Everyone is welcome. Nobody is perfect. Anything can happen. Even a Gentile Roman officer, the unclean of the unclean, can become a follower of Jesus. Maybe even an oil sands worker. This was beyond belief for Peter. Friends, there is no one you lay, eye on, you lay eyes on. There is no one on your street, no one where you work, not one of the kids that your kids play sports with who is beyond the love and reach of Jesus. No one. But you have a critical role to play in this mission. Friends, we, we cannot afford to play church. We cannot afford to just be a social club, meeting each other's needs, enjoying our times of worship together. Friends, the church is the one institution in our world that exists primarily for the benefit of its non-members. You will never regret responding to the call of Jesus to join him in the work he's doing, reaching, loving, and transforming others as you give your time, your talent, and your finances to him. And Jesus is calling. He wants you to partner with him as you partner with your church. And as you get on mission with Jesus, that's where you'll start to experience his life to the full. That's what blessing is really all about. Hey, I think of Rita and others in Kid City who got there early and received your child, knows your child's name, and, and will pray for her this week, whoever she is. I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. Kids matter to Jesus. There's John and Jen who are leading a small group of junior high kids in the modular, talking to them about life and school, and, and they're listening to them as these kids try to fit in and find their place in the world. I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. Teens matter to Jesus. There's a member of our congregation who greeted you, who, who knows Jesus and simply wants to help you find your way into an environment where you can experience the same thing. I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. You, whoever you are, whatever, wherever you're from, you matter to God. I could go on and talk about our youth group team and what happens Tuesday nights or the tech team who want to make this place look and sound awesome so that you can hear the message clearly and enter into worship with a worship team who pour out their love of Jesus before us. It's all part of us together. Us together, raising up passionate children, youth and adults who full of the Holy Spirit, understand that we all exist for the benefit of people who do not yet know Jesus, who have not yet experienced the life-transforming forever touch like we have, who, who understand 
that everyone is welcome. Nobody's perfect, that anything can happen. And friends, anything can happen because our God loves to transform lives for the better right now and forever. And one day, come eternity, we will see the impact that we had on the lives of others. And we will hear our God say, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Well done, good and faithful servant. What a day that will be. So in a moment, we're going to give to our Thrive offering that we've been talking about for over a month now. We'll hand in commitment cards. Uh, those cards are on your seat. Uh, some of you brought them with you. Uh, some of you, like myself, have done that online. Uh, we will give uh, our special one-time Thrive offering that you can give online or you in the bags as they're passed or at the welcome desk or in the box back there. Some of you have already done that and you'll just be giving your regular offering and thank you for that. And we're also asking you for a Thrive increase in your general fund giving that you would step out in faith and, and make a commitment to increase your regular giving with the commitment card you have with you or on the chair there or online. Hey, not asking you to sell your house, okay? Just in case you were wondering. Not even asking you to sell your truck. But as your pastor and friend who is convinced that the church is the hope of the world, that it is the hope of our city, it is the hope of your neighbors, your coworkers, your kids, I'm asking you to take a step and give something so that your church can thrive at the mission that God has called us to. Friends, this is a hard issue. It is a spiritual issue. Hey, you want the river to part, right? You want answers to prayer. If you know the story in the Old Testament that I'm referring to, you'll know what I mean when I say that you have to get your feet wet first. We all want to see God move, but to see God move, we got to do something. Take a step of faith. If you've never given, but you call yourself a follower of Jesus, this is just part of following Jesus. Some of you, yeah, you're hoping someone else will rise and give, and you know that many will, but it's not just someone else. God's calling all of us to partner with him and with what he's doing through his church. He wants all of us to experience the blessing of being part of what he's doing in our city and world. You have young kids. It's so expensive with all the sports. And yeah, I'm still asking you to take a step of faith. And I'm telling you that as you give, you are making the biggest investment in your kids. And you are modeling generosity to your kids. So let your kids be a part of this. Let them give as well. Some of you have margin. You know that you have margin. It's just that you fill up that margin with other stuff. But what if you use some of that margin to make an impact in the lives of literally hundreds of other people? And there are a lot of you who are incredibly faithful givers. Thank you. And all I'm asking you to do is check your heart, listen for the spirit about these two commitments, and respond as God leads. And I know for some of you, this whole idea of giving, let alone just going to church, is all new to you, maybe even a bit uncomfortable. I just want to let you know that you are sitting around some incredible people who have decided that life isn't just going to be about them, but they're making a significant investment in the well-being of not only their family and friends, but you and your family as well. This is our time. 
God is on the move. And he's inviting you to join him as he is on the move. I'm going to pray and then our team will come forward to receive our commitment cards and our giving as our worship team leads us in one more song of worship. You can also do this online as some of you have done or will do. If you need a little more time to pray about this, maybe read the brochure we have on this. You can find a brochure out on the welcome uh, desk. And then you can make your commitment online and give online in the next day or so. Or you can just leave that card or your gift at the box at the back or you can go to the welcome desk. May God bless each of us as he leads our church into a new season of thriving in our mission to bring Jesus to our city. Join me in a time of prayer. Father God, move in our hearts. Build your church. Touch this city. May the mission of Fort City thrive as each of us thrives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.